0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about why robots that talk to themselves might be easier to interact with, a weird, rare, dangerous hallucinogen known as Mad Honey, and why you sometimes react to things in a way that's in opposition to your true beliefs. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Virtual assistants like Siri and Alexa can be helpful. But they can also be really, really frustrating when they do things that don't make any sense. Researchers in Italy have come up with a solution. It's not a smarter robot. It's a robot that thinks out loud. It, by the way, is named Pepper. You might have seen Pepper before, maybe as a greeter or a robot assistant at a fancy storefront. It's this friendly-looking humanoid robot with big eyes and a tiny mouth like an anime character and a slender, all-white body. It also has an open-source platform, which makes it handy for research like this. What's different about this version of Pepper's programming is that the robot speaks a sort of inner monologue while it's trying to figure out what to do. In one experiment, researchers had Pepper work with a human to set a table. Pepper was taught where everything was supposed to go, and it knew that the napkin was supposed to go on the plate. But in the experiment, its human companion told the robot to put the napkin on the table instead. That's a big conundrum for a robot. Pepper responded by talking through the program out loud. We went through the trouble of recruiting a high-tech robot to simulate what this might have sounded like. I have to place napkin on the table. What does the etiquette require?
0: The napkin has to stay on the plate. It contravenes etiquette. The position has to be on plate and not table. Maybe he is wrong? I think he maybe got confused. I want to be sure, and I will ask him
1: again. (sighs) So lifelike, right? Anyway, it might seem weird to hear a robot's inner monologue, but it's a creative solution to the dilemma of human-robot relations. It's basically bringing humans into the machine's mind. Now, this isn't exactly how robots think, The researchers actually had to write extra code so Pepper would produce this text. In reality, computers zip through programs and find contradictions way faster than they can explain them. But it helps to clue the human into problems that are usually invisible. Pepper doesn't freeze, flash an error message, or ignore important information when a problem comes up. Instead, the robot brings the human along with it by using language that a non-programmer can understand. That approach would come in handy for all sorts of computers. Think navigation apps, Roombas, and even robots helping with surgical operations. If only human thoughts were so easy to comprehend. Beekeepers
0: around the Black Sea risk their lives to harvest hallucinogenic honey. Seems like the perfect accompaniment for the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. And that's kind of appropriate because this substance is known as mad honey. But there's no mistaking it for the golden goo you find on grocery store shelves. Mad honey is more red and it has a bitter taste. Oh, and it gets you high. And the way it's made is pretty interesting. This special nectar comes from the world's largest honeybees, Apis dorsata laboriosa, high in the mountains of Turkey and Nepal honey harvesters have to climb up the side of a mountain and risk being stung by hundreds of gigantic bees to collect the nectar from their cliffside hives. Mad honey is also therefore mad expensive. A whole kilo, or a little more than two pounds, can go for as much as $360. Just as it's dangerous to gather, it can be dangerous to ingest. The nectar's psychedelic effect comes from the rhododendron flowers that the bees feed on. The plants contain a neurotoxic compound called graianotoxin that throws off the chemistry of the brain. Small doses cause dizziness and produce a euphoric feeling, but taking too much will cause someone to projectile vomit, pass out, and winnie-the-poo their pants. Mad honey can even kill by causing a dangerous drop in blood pressure or heart rate, although honey-induced deaths are extremely rare. But the honey has practical purposes besides getting people buzzed. Ancient Turkish and Persian armies set literal honey traps for their enemies, who were a lot easier to defeat in their intoxicated state. Off the battlefield, it's also long been touted as a treatment for ailments like arthritis, diabetes, and hypertension. It's also said to improve sexual performance and correct erectile dysfunction, and that explains why a 2018 report found that middle-aged men were the most likely to suffer from honey poisoning. This special syrup will ensure that you have a very merry unbirthday, but if you're just looking to soothe a sore throat, it's probably best to stick to the regular stuff. People do all sorts of irrational things without even realizing it. If you've ever yelled at the TV screen, cowered on an otherwise sturdy glass walkway, or refused to eat a dessert because it was shaped like an insect, you're in the club. These reactions are all examples of a little-known principle called a leaf, A-L-I-E-F, a reaction that contradicts a bee leaf. A leaf happens in all sorts of ways— Most familiar may be on the big screen. It's that feeling of dread at the climax of a movie you've seen a million times, or the quivering lip you get when a fictional character dies. You know it's not real, but your emotions don't care. The same goes for seemingly risky situations, like looking over the side of a cliff. There's hardly any danger, but you might still feel your stomach churn. Superstitious behavior works the same way. You know that nothing really happens when you knock on wood, but doing it makes you feel better, so you do it anyway. I mean, I know I do. Most of the time, a leaf is harmless, or even pleasurable. Sometimes, though, the knee-jerk reaction of a leaf works against us. Most insidious is in the case of racial prejudice, when a person who may even be an avowed anti-racist behaves in racist ways without realizing it. Studies show that white people who have just been shown images of black faces tend to be more quick to judge an ambiguous image as a gun, for example. And brain scans of both black and white Americans show more activity in the threat-centric amygdala when they're shown images of people of a different race. The truth is that as much as we believe something, our unconscious reactions can go in a different direction. Luckily, there is a way to fight this tendency. One study found that people asked to press a no button every time they saw a stereotypical image, and yes, when they saw an image that broke the stereotype, became a lot faster at negating stereotypes. Another study found that people who were asked to picture a non-stereotypical person in their mind ended up being worse at stereotyping later on. That means that seeking examples of people who don't fit bigoted stereotypes— both on the individual level and in the media, may have a big impact in the fight against the darker side of a leaf.
1: All right, well, let's recap what we learned today.
0: Well, we learned that robots that talk to themselves might be easier to interact with because it could help us understand why the robot is having the problem
1: it's having. I just hope that they create a robot that can say, how can I tell them that because of the unfreezing process, I have no inner monologue?
0: Is that from Austin Powers?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: Cool. We just time traveled a little bit.
1: We did. We did. But no, honestly, I I love the idea of just like future robots just like muttering to themselves. Like, sorry. Sorry. Were you talking to me? Oh, no. I was just just thinking out loud. (laughs) Can't wait. And we learned that mad honey is a weird, rare, dangerous hallucinogen used as medicine around the Black Sea. It comes from the world's largest honeybees, high in the mountains of Turkey and Nepal. And it's tough to harvest, so it'll cost you a few hundred bucks for just a couple pounds of the stuff. It has some medicinal purposes, but it also has a psychedelic effect that messes with brain chemistry. Definitely not something to mess around with. Let's just keep Christopher Robin away from this stuff.
0: Maybe Winnie the Pooh exists because Christopher Robin wasn't staying away from this stuff.
1: (laughs) It's a good... That's a good hypothesis. There we go. (laughs) And we also learned that a leaf is when you act in opposition to your true beliefs. Most of the time it's harmless, but sometimes our unconscious reactions can cause us to do things we don't really want to do. One way to fight that is by looking for examples of people and other things that break stereotypes, both in your personal life and in the media you consume. I mean, I feel like right now is a golden era for stereotype breaking media. You know, we've got more diversity in TV shows and movies than ever before. I mean, there's still a long way to go, but it's making its way, you know?
0: Yeah. And technology is helping us a lot with this as well. Are you familiar with The Blacklist? No. So I don't know the whole story, but I I listened to a podcast on it. And essentially, there is now a database where people can upload screenplays from across the country and they get looked at and you no longer have to be a person in Hollywood that knows somebody to get a a script pitch and scripts that get greenlit through the blacklist have won a disproportionately high number of Oscars because they're coming from really diverse places and really diverse writers and not just people that live in California. Basically some of the films include Juno, the Wolf of wall street, never let me go looper, the social network, the wrestler, So pretty big, award-winning films. And they never would have happened if people hadn't put together this stuff, you know, using emails and developing a new website and all these other things to crowdsource from across the country. So really cool things happening.
1: Nice. Today's writers were Grant Curran and Steffi Drucker.
0: Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who was also a writer on today's episode.
1: Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. I have to listen to Curiosity Daily,
0: What does the etiquette require? I must listen to a new episode. It contravenes etiquette. I listened to today's episode, but cannot listen again because it is no longer a new episode. Hey robot, maybe you must join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. Beep, beep, boop. Confirmed. No disassemble.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And until then, stay curious.